Sunday night I'd watch the practice with none of my friends I'd turn the dial to ABC to see the creep of the week that Bobby Donald defends But I'm out of practice With your hosts, Keith Marty and So enthusiastic. Fake it till you make it, baby. One of us is sick as a dog. The other one has COVID. It's me. And welcome to the Out of Practice Podcast, a weekly, mostly, podcast in which me, I'm Keith Varney, I discuss David E. Kelly's award-winning series, The Practice, with my buddy Mike and Daglio. Mike, how are you? Spoiler alert. It you sucks. Have COVID. Yeah, I have COVID. I uh, <clears throat> we you know I've been busting my butt to open our play this past week, and you know I'm uh generally out of shape when it comes to doing shows, so I thought I was just run down after a long couple weeks, and mm. we got a my throat was a little scratchy, and we got an email that was like our director has COVID, and we had an opening night. Uh, champagne toast and i was like well mm-hmm. i wasn't that close to her but last night i was shaking uncontrollably mm-hmm. and uh i felt like i got the booster shot and i was like well damn <laughs> yeah. so i tested this morning and uh yeah I, I finally i have i believe the newest of the variants the <clears throat> which is basically a cold which is what i feel like so i'm blessed to yeah. be vaccinated and boosted and, and hopefully we'll have a quick quick uh but you know, I, I had I had dinner last night for Mother's Day with my mom and my brother's wife, who is uh, uh, have, yeah. in chemo, and it's just <clears throat> you know collateral damage. So hopefully everyone will be okay. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I love you. You're perfect. Now cough. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, and I I was I spent the week up in Vermont um, visiting my folks, but of course I got some horrible cold slash uh allergies which i i've been testing negative <coughs> but i do know that the uh the omicron this newest one doesn't always show up on the rapid test so i i actually I, I actually don't know but uh yeah so that's been the so if we sound a little loopier uh that's why and i apologize in advance for the horrible hacking and coughing that we're going to be doing because Three years into this endeavor, we still don't have cough buttons. No. Well, I mean, I'm sure that I could have rigged some sort of a button. I do have a mute button, but I'm I'm not going to do that. No, no. You're you're here for the whole ride. Uh, and so <laughs> all of this is to say that's why we did not drop an episode last week uh, because I was traveling. Mike was opening a, opening a show, and we were both dead. But thank you to all of the people who reached out to find out, hey, are you dead? What's going on? Uh, so glad... Glad uh, folks are checking in on us. It is much appreciated. 
So uh, I'll tell you who else we appreciate, Mike. And that is our Patreons, the people yes. who help us keep the lights on and keep going every week, including CloudLover69, CloudLover69, Jorge Navoa, Alan Zimmerman, and Brian Kaufman. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Oh, God. This is going to be a whole thing. I, I apologize in advance. Uh, but we. Uh, but it's funny I coughed on Brian Kaufman. That was uh, not funny at all. Also, <laughs> to those of you, to those patrons who are legacy patrons from our other thing, <laughs> Anchor.fm, uh, you uh, feel free to uh, transfer your uh, stuff over to the Patreon so you can get all those goodies. We can't really do it yeah. for you because we're not as technically inclined as it seems. <clears throat> well, but, also, we're not allowed to just like transfer payments to another place. <laughs> yeah, that too. Uh, but yeah, you know, if you want to like see our faces, which who the hell yeah. would want to, if you want to watch I, us cough for two hours, you can do that. I, I don't, I, I really don't. If you really want to get the visual along with the sickening image. Uh, yeah. So that's, uh, that's the thing. So if they would like to join the Patreon, how would they do that, Mike? Hey kids, real easy. Patreon.com slash K and M spell out that and, and you'll get there. Yes, indeed. All right, and if you would like to contact us directly in another fashion, you can reach us at outofpracticepodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at outofpracticepodcast. And so, with no further ado, just to spare you as many of our mouth noises as possible, we're going to hop right into the time machine, and we are going to talk about January 11th, the year 2004, uh, can you believe we're already in 2004? Uh, so we're and, on tour, uh, buddy. We are. We are on the road. We have so much to talk about. In this day in the basement, you know, in my closet, not far from where I sit currently, I have the actual tour itinerary. Do you have it as well? I do. I do. Actually, I okay, have it so in I... email form, but I have the script as well. So I don't have to go and like tell us because we can say exactly where we were. We can. Uh, uh, yeah, hold on. Let me uh, let me see if I can pull it up. So, to, well, you know, but in the intervening time, we had uh, our entire rehearsal process. Mike, what do you remember from the rehearsal process? A couple of things. I remember meeting you. I remember meeting and speaking with Devin. I remember speaking with uh -huh. our, buddy, our buddy Ricky. <clears throat> um, yes. And I also remember... Uh, <laughs> And I'm gonna just be 100% upfront with everyone. Uh oh. Feeling really pissed that I didn't have a part in the show. Um, mm. I was sort of like in the uh, general ensemble of the show, which is, it turns out, as a professional, you learn that that's you're just as much as a member of the cast as anyone else. <clears throat> of um, course. But as a like a newbie, as a green sort of performer who was getting their legs, uh, their their theater legs, I was. Mm. I was feeling away. I was feeling kind of... Uh, now, I don't have much of a legit voice, so it makes a lot of sense why I did not have a part in this show, uh, a principal role. But I I, uh, I remember feeling like... Uh, what's I can't, remember, can't come up with the word. It wasn't jealousy, but I just remember feeling like... I can't, I can't explain it. I just remember feeling a little... Uh, sad, I guess. Disappointed. I wanted to be more yeah. involved with uh, in more scenes and different things. But... <clears throat> Which I get, although although I mean, 
we were all in all the scenes practically. Yes, uh, it turns out we, we were double, triple, quadruple cast. So it was it was very. I remember having a blast, and I remember just loving the opening number of that show. And, yeah. and doing it, and that was fun. And and sometimes we'd have the full set, and we'd be on this amazing stage. And then sometimes we'd be in like a high school, a middle school cafeteria with like. <laughs> I wasn't quite that bad. There was a couple of like middle school auditoriums we were in, man. Yeah, but they were still like an actual theater. We only had one where we didn't have a fly. Yeah. Well, anyway, that one. I... That one was that was was something. Yeah. So, <laughs> excuse me. Well, I can now confirm. This is terrible. This is, uh, this is horrible. I know it's we it, not having a cough button is terrible. So we were on a travel day between on January 11th between Delray Beach, Florida, and Valdosta, Georgia. Oh, so that was early. Oh yes, no we we had uh, we teched in North Carolina, and our first performance was January 7th <coughs> in Key West. So we had uh, we had two in Key West, two in Delray Beach. Day off, then Valdosta, then Vidalia, Georgia on the thirteenth. Day out, travel day on the fourteenth, and then we had two in Macon, Georgia, Remember on Macon. Uh, the fifteenth and sixteenth. So, uh, yeah, lots, lots going on. Um, wow, yeah, we did. I forgot we went up to Canada. How about mm-hmm. that? I forgot that. We threw the football uh, around. We we're throwing the football around. We did a lot of throwing the football around. So here's. So I actually have. Uh, I've got some fun stuff to show you. Including some pictures here. Wow. If, if you're the painter, look how freaking skinny I was. God damn! Look at <clears> those <throat> like, shorts you got at Costco. Oh my god, my like my dad shorts. Uh, yeah, and I and I, I weighed half of I like literally half of what I weigh now. Practically, not quite. But uh, there was. Uh, look at that flip phone, baby. Yeah, well, I'll see. Going through the photos from this time period is so depressing because we're in that horrible hole. Between film cameras, which were limited, but they had a decent image, and good digital cameras, where all we have are these terrible digital photographs that you can't see shit on. So I believe, I don't know why this is turned sideways, but so turn your head. Mike, is that you in the hat? So this is a picture from our rehearsal. It, I, don't, I don't think it is. That's not a hat I ever had. <clears throat> oh, okay. Well, that's that's not that's, that's not Stacey you. So, Ann Jacobs, who was my that is, bus bus mate. Yes. Uh, so that was one of our rehearsals, and here we are in Ooh. tech. Can see a little bit of the uh, of the set as we did tech, and that's one of the I think that's the theater in South Carolina, and there is part of the bridge during the uh, during the the foundering sequence, and in my. Uh, in my emails, I was disappointed that uh, I was supposed to be the second to last person to go down uh, because Andrews finishes the show as he's singing the song as the as the ship founders. And I was supposed to be up on the bridge and be wiped out right the last second as I was playing my violin. But there wasn't enough space on the deck. But guess so. who did get to go up there? <clears throat> Yours you truly. Yeah, That's because right. when the captain is up there and he's like going down with the ship. Uh, the little bellhop that I was covering, or gets to go up, and he's like, "Sir, let's let's get the hell out of here." And he like, because I was a grown man, it actually got was a little pervy and uh, <laughs> and uh, homoerotic. But we had a moment up there on the bridge. Yes, yeah, and I, I I got to be up there, just not not while it was uh, 
tilting, which I was bummed about. I was going to be super excited about that. Uh, but I talked here about, uh, here's an email I sent from that time. Said, uh, we had our first complete run without stopping today in rehearsals. They had the kids from the Fame High School of Performing Arts in the audience. It went well. Directors were happy. Uh, we have one actor who is struggling with his lines and making everyone else mad. Uh, yeah, I don't know if you remember that. I, I do. Well, I remember two, but we're definitely... The, the two of them had a fight. They had a nude oh. fight in the dressing room. Remember that? Ooh, they sure did. Uh, but the stage manager runs through every line with the cast after the show. We must get every word in every line exactly correct. No paraphrasing or anything. They cannot even skip an A, an, or the. Do you remember that? Do you remember Jeremy running us through the lines like that? Wasn't it Leslie or she was the company it manager? It, oh, <laughs> no, it probably was Leslie. I don't. Yeah. yeah so, uh, so there it is. And we went to, it was North Carolina. We stayed at the Comfort Inn. Ooh. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was a that was a whole thing. But uh, and I remember with these photos that I took, it was quite a big deal that the the cell phone plan that I had. And this was my first cell phone. I was allowed forty free pictures a month that I could take and send forty pictures a month, and that was a lot. <coughs> I probably had to pay handsomely to do that as well. I was on that tour. I remember I had my first DSLR. It was a Pentax. Do you? Well, do you have any of those pictures? I'm sure I do somewhere. I'd have to find it. It's on like a, I'm sure, on a square card somewhere. But I have them somewhere. Oh, you got to get those pictures. I would love to see those pictures because I don't really have, I mean, basically what I showed you was everything I have from that uh, from that time period, which is a, which is a bummer. Uh, and also, you know what, Mike? This is going to make you feel a little better about, uh, about not having a role. In this email, I also uh, was reminded that I uh, was a replacement. Really? They uh, yes, they actually cast somebody else, and they had to drop out, and so I was I was also a replacement in this uh, in this cast. Your big number in that always still, aside from just like the sort of comical value of like your costuming, the mm-hmm. it was just a fun number to do. Oh, I hated that number. Hated it. I was like, I think the, the most boring, worst part of the whole show. Uh, it feels cool of the breeze. Feel about it. And I do believe that was the lyrics most nights. Yeah, probably. <laughs> we performed it. But, and the, you know, there wasn't enough people. So the other thing I remember about that number, which made me just just die, is uh, our our mm-hmm. colleague Devin was playing Barrett. Time to make the who's, donuts. <clears throat> who's one of the more, like, the bigger roles in the show. But because they didn't have enough people, they needed, he played stand-up bass, so they, like, threw, gave him a bass and, like, threw a little, like, Mario Brothers terrible mustache on him and just had him go be in that scene with you. It was so weird. No, it was, it was time to make the donuts. That's, yep, that's uh, exactly what he looked like. That's what he looked like. Anyway, hilarious. And the uh, last piece of information there, uh, unrelated to Titanic, was... Uh, in Vermont, we got 66 inches of snow in 11 days. So it was pretty snowy up there. All right. Well, many more stories from uh, our our fateful meeting and Titanic rehearsals, which it's funny how little I remember. I remember the where we were. I remember mm-hmm. that I enjoyed it a great deal. I remember... I do remember being cut from the bridge scene, which I was bummed about, but that's about all I remember from it. 
I remember yeah. our the last sort of dress run through in Shetler that people came to that remember setting uh-huh. up chairs before we went to tech. That's for some reason I remember that. I don't remember tech at all. No, I God, I don't remember. It's it, it's so funny because you're you're having this experience which is a sort of seminal experience in in your life, right? It's it's a it's a very important foundation. It was like my first professional gig. I you know, obviously like it's had this huge impact on my life, you know, for better and worse. Um but to remember so little of it is very odd. But you know, time comes for us all. <laughs> all right. Well, to cover up the coughing, we're going to go straight to it's time for the Out of Practice Podcasts This Day in the World. The greatest hits, Eric, the buddy, biggest movies, loud. headlines from Vermont, <laughs> essential sports updates, and for some inexplicable reason, the weather from 20 years ago. Now back to Keith and Mike. All right, so we were listening on mm. our radios to Hey Ya by Outcast. Uh, we're not hearing it now, but, but oh, you were hearing it then. Just imagine it. Just imagine it. And we were going to go see uh, Lord of the Rings Return of the King, which was a, such a fantastic movie. I saw that in the theaters over the holiday. Uh, so much fun. Keith, this is Avriel and the Sequoias. Uh, they don't need our help. <clears throat> 900,000 subscribers. And, uh... <laughs> yes. All right. Come on now. No, I like it. Hey, uh, Speak of when we were down in Georgia. And the local cover of the Berlin Free Press talked about Dean enduring Rivals Barrage because this was in the heart of Howard Dean's presidential run. And uh, be pre-Dean scream, but he was, uh, he was doing it. So uh, that was exciting. I don't know. My family was very uh, excited about that, and we're doing all sorts of... Uh, campaigning and fundraising for Howard Dean's run for president. Uh, didn't turn out great, but you want to know what else didn't turn out great? It's time. It's time, time. time. It's time for sports. The New York football giants finished a miserable season with a miserable four and 12 record. It led to the firing of Jim Fossil as head coach and the replacement of Kerry Collins at quarterback with one Tom Coughlin and rookie draft pick Eli Manning. Meanwhile, on this very day, the Eagles beat the Packers in the divisional round 20-17 in overtime after finishing the season 12-4. and four. <laughs> So the Eagles, oh jeez, the Eagles were good this year. You know, I uh, do remember one show, I can't remember where we were, you'll probably tell us. I remember watching this, having the Super Bowl on in the wings <clears throat> of Titanic. No, no, we, we didn't, have, I bet we had pregame on. In the wings, because I remember very much watching the Super Bowl in the in the hotel room. But it, it, maybe maybe it was the second half that we watched. I think we had a matinee. Mm. All right. I'm a human being. God damn it! My life has value, and I'm not gonna take this anymore. It's time to talk about the damn episode. Okay. All right. So this is. Uh, another reason that we decided not to record last week is that this is an important episode for the practice, and we didn't want to sort of uh, half-ass it because we were running around and traveling and all those other things. Because Had we, we known how things about... were going to end up, Keith, we should have done it last week. 
<clears throat> oh, oh, for sure. No, because we might literally die on the air. Uh, won't be the first time. Probably won't be the last. Uh, but we, uh, we're talking about The Practice Season 8, Episode 11, Police State. Uh, and this was, has a teleplay by Jonathan Shapiro and David E. Kelly and a story by David E. Kelly. And it was directed by Ron Hardy, who uh, last directed Special Deliveries. Oh, God. So now it is time to uh, do our favorite new segment, which I remembered this year. Thank you very much. And that is... <laughs> this year? The, the, this, this week. Yeah. It is the uh, it is the practice <laughs> Mad Libs. Hey, you know what? <laughs> Little COVID brain over there remembering mm. things. <coughs> yeah. All right, but uh, we're gonna play the practice Mad Libs. Okay, so, I'm ready. I'm ready. <clears throat> all right, are you ready? So here we go, Mike. Are you ready? After a noun. Uh. After a. Uh. Uh, <laughs> COVID brain can't remember what a noun is. After a microphone. <laughs> okay. Okay, and uh, next after a oh oh I, I oh I can't tell you what it is yet. So so now we're so oh this good is at riveting. This. this is riveting. All right, we are going to. It's going to be a verb ending in ed. <clears throat> Verbed, essentially. Coughed. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now I need a location. Um. The, the hockey rink. <clears throat> In honor of the playoffs. Uh, okay, thank you. And I need an active verb. Um. An active verb. Yes. Escaped. Ah. Or escaping. <clears throat> Whatever fits. Right. And now I need another active verb. Hydrating. Ah. Good, good. All right. Very good. So uh, there it is. That, that may be funny later. It, it may not. But, you know, it's a thing we're doing. And uh, now, folks... I'm sure you've skipped ahead to this point. It's time to talk about the actual episode. Mike, shall we go and discuss police state? Yes, we should. All right, let me do that. That'll help you. I'm going to go ahead and do this for myself. And we are going to talk about the practice. Season 8, episode 11, people have told me is a good episode. Here's hoping. <clears throat> Enjoy our coughing through police state. There's that sound cue again. Officer down. Officer down. Officer down. Cops been shot. Come on, get down! Get down! Oh, God! I didn't do anything! Get off of me! Who is he? What's his name? What's his name? I didn't do anything! Corner of Columbus and Temple! I said, who is he? Get the hell off of me! Where's your buddy? I didn't do anything, man! I swear to God, I didn't do anything! Shut up! Stop! 
Oh, we got a what, what a chase sequence. I said here. stop! Suspect being sucked Suspect being chased through the valley. Dude, they shot him the point blank in the street. chest, and now they're cuffing him up. Where's the gun? I don't even a gun. Where's the gun? I don't even got a gun. Where's the gun? I don't even got a gun. And now they're realizing he didn't Go have a gun. Go look for it. Right, you guys heard him. Speed up. Martinez, you and Davis, take the alley. Let's go. Right, look after him. Ripped okay. from the headlines, Keith. Ripped from the headlines. Yeah, no, for sure. So except, uh, we have except a. Except it's a white kid. Important to note. Yes, and the and the uh, cop who was shot was black. So they've they have reversed that from the uh, you know what happens in real life. See, uh, but uh, yeah, so certainly a very intense beginning, and uh, we're gonna find out what happens. But I'll you know I'll tell you the. Um, the cop who plays the, the the female partner of the cop who was shot is played by Nadine Ellis from Our Kind of People, Iron Man 2, Reno 911, and Gili. How late are you going to stay? I can't study at home. How about sleeping at home? It's almost 11 o'clock. Uh, hey, our boy Ray Abruzzo's back. <laughs> Hello. Hello, yes, I, I need to speak with Jimmy Baluti. Uh, Mr. Blue's you see what we have going? We have a you have to find him. This is an emergency. Page Who are you, sir? My name is Joe Moran. He knows me. Never. He's torturing a friend of mine, I, and I need to get a lawyer down here right now. Uh, hold on. No, no, no I can't hold on. They got him in a room, and he's been shot. Who, who's been shot? My friend. The, the police think that he shot a cop. Now, they got him in a room. We're at Brookford's Hospital. They threw the doctors out, and now he's screaming. All right, wait, wait. No, 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 no. Find Jimmy Baluti. I'm going to put you on with Jamie Stringer. She is a fine lawyer, and she's very anxious no, to speak I, I with I you. Jamie. Jimmy. Hold on, sir. Is that guy screaming so loud from the emergency room that they can hear him through the phone? Jamie Stringer, how can I help you? Just had to fob it off on me. I'm not a member of the bar. Midnight. You were a member ever. of the bar last week to laugh at that Chinese guy. It wasn't great. Keep paging Jimmy. It's interesting. It's just not in the style of the show. Excuse me, are you Miss Stringer? Joe. Yeah, they have him back here. They're gonna kill him, I swear to God. Well, wait, before... They think he shot a cop, but he didn't. That's him screaming. They got him back there. Are doctors with him? No, it's just the police. Dude, this kid might have saved that kid's life. You can't go in there. Yes, I can. I'm his lawyer. I don't care who you are. <laughs> you can make it easier for hey. yourself. You don't. This man you is now to... represented by counsel. You need to leave. Get her out of here. Let's not... go. No, Get I'm her not... out of here, Joe. We got a thin blue line situation, Keith. Yeah, so what we're seeing, what we're seeing there, and then I'll introduce a bunch of folks, was uh, there was a cop literally jamming his flashlight into the guy's gunshot wound. So a, a literal torture situation there. So uh, let's do some who's that. Uh, all these people. 
Uh, yeah. Okay, so our uh, our guy being actively tortured by the police is played by Marshall Ullman from True Blood, Prison Break, and Boston Public. The His friend who was not shot, who called everybody, is played by Blake Heron from We Are Soldiers, Tom and Huck, and Reality Check. The cop torturing uh, the suspect by jamming a flashlight into his gunshot wound is My- Michael Patrick McGill, who uh, would be instantly recognizable if you're a fan of Shameless. Also, Annabelle Comes Home, Bad Words, Jersey Boys, and The Office. Uh, uh, yes. <laughs> wow. I think some, I... <clears throat> some really good podcasting there, Mike. I think I fell asleep with my eyes <laughs> No, no. <laughs> I did. I, I didn't sleep at all last night. He's off of me. Shut but I'm riveted. Up. Cop just shoved her. Move that chair. Yeah. I don't want to hear her. They handcuffed Eugene. her to a chair and picked her up. We have a situation. Yeah, they got a situation. So the cops have handcuffed right Jamie there. to a chair. They handcuffed her? Yes. Get the cuffs off now. She's interfering with an investigation. Get those handcuffs off that woman now, or I will make it my mission in life to bring down your entire department. Eugene. What the hell's going on here? What's going on is your client shot a police officer who's now in surgery. That's a brutality claim? That's a civil rights criminal violation. And that's Rhea Brutzo. Take the handcuffs off. Keep her away from us. We want to see our client. That's not possible. Your client's currently being questioned. He asked for his lawyer. Fine, file your motion to suppress, but you're not going in that room. If he's being denied medical treatment? The doctor said his injury isn't life-threatening. He's been shot, and those thugs in there are sticking a flashlight into an open wound. The next lawyer that goes into that room will be arrested for obstruction of justice. We have a right to see our client. No, you don't. We have a right to hold them for 48 hours. We are. Who's the DA on call? Don't know. Mike? Eugene, your guy shot this a cop. I am not helping very you out. Very out of character for a Brutzo character thus hey. far. <clears throat> hey, I want to see your chief of staff. I'm the chief of the ER. Your hospital is looking at a lawsuit. Don't lecture me on liability, please. Police have taken over. Jimmy, what the hell's going on? Wait. Look, everybody over here now. Jimmy, talk to this, uh... Moran. Moran, find out what happened. Tara, borrow a computer, draft a habeas petition, down and dirty. What good will that do? We haven't got a judge. Mike, who's the duty judge? Don't know. Does anybody here know a judge we can call? Roberta Kittleson. You got a home number? Yeah. Call her up. Yeah. Eleanor, go to the FBI office. Report what's going on here. We Tell them a civil face, rights but... crime is being committed and it's ongoing. That's right. She's already wrapped, but. We're sorry. Whoa. Kittleson disconnected her number. We haven't actually stayed current. Anybody else know a judge? You. The last thing we saw How can last none of us be friendly with out. a single judge? They all know our work. Look, uh, call Allen. Maybe he's bribed some judge along the way. Jimmy, get his story. <laughs> Eleanor, FBI, let's go. Definitely sounds like torture. Someone maybe get an audio recording of it. You could use it later. 
Yeah, you think? Because, like, it doesn't matter what the guy did. He's another been actively, no. openly tortured. Another PT, PTT, and We're checking in on the surgery of the cop. What do we know? I can't tell. Seems like it's taken a long time just to get a bullet. That's Nadine Ellis, the cop's partner. <clears throat> you need something? Just checking to see what the charges are going to be. Mike. He's bleeding out. More suction. Give me the sternal saw. We've got to crack his chest. He's a cardiac family. No cardiac. Put more tension on that retractor. I need to get in and massage the heart. Let's push another five. A lot of handheld camera work. I know that's pushed. Dressing tray. Here we go. All right, hold. Yeah. Get a clip. Continuing massage. Hold the massage. Let me check. Great sound work, too. Still No spontaneous respirations. Nothing? No. Keys don't be the edge. Time. Anything? No. Asystole. Atropine intracardial? <laughs> no. Looks like this is about to get worse. No. <clears throat> sure does. So, now we're looking at a murder charge. Todd came out first because he was going to get the car. We came out from the bar. Um, so, as I come out, I hear shots. I hear shots real close. And I see Todd take off to, you know, run for cover. How far away were you? I don't know, um, 25 yards or something like that. So then I, I see the cops suddenly chasing him. And, you know, I, I think they see him running. They must figure that he's the shooter or something. Well, if he's innocent, why did he run from the police? I don't know. Um, it's a parole violation for him to be out past 10. Plus, he may have had some drugs on him. So I... Jimmy, he didn't shoot anybody. I'm telling you. Look, Joe, I know this guy is your friend. But as your lawyer, if you can help yourself here at all, a police officer is dead. Oh, Todd Listen. didn't shoot him. Listen to me. <coughs> if they make you a buddy, you could be going up on conspiracy. There's a window of opportunity to help no, yourself. No, no, he's innocent, man. I swear, I'm telling the truth. You got <clears throat> nothing to do with this. But also, so if Jamie has declared herself the lawyer for the guy being tortured, we need to get a Jimmy's trying to get, to get a client his... out of police custody. Tara is dragged uh, in a habeas, but we don't have a judge. On him. That's a conflict of Would interest. Would you be able to find yeah. one? At two in the morning? What else is new? Well, it's a little urgent. Eugene? And <laughs> it's Mitchovich. I'm told you're looking for the DA on call? You. Is there a problem? Yes, there's a problem. The police are back there coercing a wounded suspect. A suspect who has a Fifth Amendment right mm. to remain silent. A suspect who has a Sixth Amendment right to counsel. A suspect who has a civil right not to be tortured. All of those rights are currently being trampled on. Well, certainly any and all evidence obtained in violation of your client's constitutional rights would not be admissible. I'll be sure not to introduce it. Anything Still else? <clears throat> I want to see him. When we're ready. 
as I said, it's urgent. I don't understand. They're only screwing up their own case. Why are they doing this? Maybe they're afraid they don't have a case. Did you see him fire the gun? No, I heard the shot and looked up. But he was the only one there, the only one around. I need you to look at his face again and confirm that. Can you do that for me? Yes. But what are they trying to get from him? That's are they just punishing him? You're sure. Maybe they're trying to get him to admit it? That's him. I guess they need him to admit it to uh, to deal with the shooting. Right. Were you able to get photos? Photos? No, the, the police just yanked her right out of the room. We, we're not even being allowed access. Okay. Thank you. Okay? What okay? Aren't you gonna go down there? No, ma'am. The procedure between us and local law enforcement is we don't get involved until either they've charged your client or released him. I don't think you understand. Local law Jeff enforcement LeBeau? is committing the crime. The torture is ongoing as we speak. Until they've completed their investigation, we can't get involved. You're the FBI. A man is being tortured. I can be your friend, Mr. Beck. I can make these people stop, and I can get you proper treatment. But for me to help you, you need to help me. I didn't do it. Todd, we already know you did it. What we need is to find the gun so it doesn't fall into the wrong hands. A little cooperation here will go a very long way. I promise you. You need to find the gun to justify the Where's shooting. Where's the gun? I don't know. I don't know. You don't have Chancellor any Smith recording devices the right thing in this here. entire hospital? Believe it or not, we don't bug the rooms. Tara, keep dialing our office. Get as much of this as you can on our answering machine. Jimmy, I uh, need smart. you to find us Very a tape smart. recorder or something. What happened? It won't intervene. He wrote up the 302, he filed it, and thanked me for reporting it. This is unbelievable. Here's the deal. You give us a statement from Moran that he saw Beck shoot the officer. We'll then let you see Mr. Beck. Moran didn't see Beck shoot anybody because Beck didn't shoot anybody. Eugene, I'm trying to play nice here. Let me tell you something. No, let me share. I knew that officer personally. I know his widow. I know his two children. Now, what have you got to say? The things are mutually exclusive. Marcia. They don't have anything, and he knows it. <clears throat> right. I mean, the partner had the the ID, but she didn't see him shoot anybody, and they didn't find a gun, so. That's right. Well, they're desperate. Meanwhile, uh, <clears throat> Alan has just creeped into somebody's bedroom while they're Marcia, sleeping. I need to speak with you. 
Good heavens, you've woken up whoever he is. What are you doing here? Well, you don't pick up your phone or answer your bell. Luckily, I remembered where you hide your key. Alan! I have an emergency. What the hell's going on? I'm very sorry, sir. I... <clears throat> Judge Pollock? Hello, sir. I didn't recognize you without <laughs> your robe. Well, Alan Shore, I appeared before you in an antitrust matter egg. once. You were terrific, by the way. Alan, what in God's name? This is Ed Rubber. For sex, That's... you'll be relieved to know. I'm sure you're relieved. We have a client. The police are currently trying to beat a confession out of him. The man is wounded in need of medical attention. It's extremely exigent. I have a habeas petition. I just need a signature from either of you, actually. Are you out of your mind? Marsha, he's 20 years old, bleeding and the police won't let the doctor remove the bullet. Please. She said no, as soon as I mentioned his alleged crime. I don't know how much more he'll be able to take, but they are gonna keep him in there till he confesses he's gonna break. Does he even know anybody's out here trying to help him? I said I was counsel before I was hauled out, but I don't know if it registered. Were you able to talk to him? No. Mr. Beck is going into surgery to have his shoulder repaired. You people can speak to him when he comes out, if you'd like. What did you do to him? I'm surprised at that question, Eleanor. Where is Joe Moran? He's right there. Joe Moran? Yes? You're under arrest for the murder of Officer Peter White. What the hell's going on? Mr. Beck gave us a statement that Mr. Moran here is the shooter. What are you talking about? That's crazy. Be quiet, Joe. Jimmy, I didn't shoot anybody. Do not say a word. I'll see you in custody. You have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can or will be used against you in the court of law. You have the right to an attorney. You cannot afford to. See, this feels out of character for, uh... Detective McGuire, Ray Abruzzo's character, because yeah. like he's always can't we just ostensibly but an upstanding Obviously, cop. it was coerced. The guy was tortured. But he's not the one being charged. We can't assert Beck's constitution. Yeah. So they, so basically they, they couldn't get what they wanted from the kid they were torturing. So they got him to rat on his friend. That's right. That's right. And what we're about to explain here is how that's an end run around. Uh, this all being thrown out because of him being tortured. Constitutional rights to suppress evidence against Moran. Tara, when will Beck come out of recovery? Uh, they said 7 a.m. Good. Eleanor, Jamie, you need to be there. The police know they got reliability problems on the statement, and they'll probably try to get another one under less coercive circumstances. Look, regardless of whose constitutional rights have been violated, can a statement be quashed if it's given involuntarily? Good question. Research that. We keeping you up? Yes, actually, it's four in the morning. Eugene, we probably should try to get some sleep. We have other cases that we need to be awake for tomorrow. This is the most important case, Eleanor. I mean, we all went to law school. The idea that a government agency... Thank God to see They you just Eugene. tortured a man in front of us. This is our most important case. Yes.
riveting. Yeah. This kid, good guy, wouldn't give up his Why are they making us just sit here like this? Probably to play with your head a little. Which seems to be working from the looks of you. My God, man, I still can't believe this is happening. Look, it's a good sign that they haven't hauled you off to arraignment yet. It could mean they know their case wobbles. Well, what do they want to talk about? I don't know. But whatever goes down here, you say nothing. You hear me, Joe? I will do all the talking. You don't open your mouth. If you need to breathe, do it through your nose. Another, <laughs> like, weird camera angle, like, right under Jimmy's face. Oh, we got a pee. Great. It's my signature, but I don't remember saying all that. You don't remember? They were sticking stuff into my wound. I know that's what they were asking me to say, whether I said it or not. I don't remember. I was practically blacking out the whole time. Okay, well, let's get to the heart of it. Is this statement true? No. Joe didn't shoot anybody. What happened last night? We came out of a bar, and we heard gunfire. I got a little freaked, so I started running to my car. I then saw two cops coming at me. I had been drinking, and I was out past 10. I'm on parole, you know. So I just took off. I went down a dead-end alley. I couldn't go nowhere else, so I put my hands up, you know, to surrender. And they shot me. This kid's great. What's going to happen to Joe? I don't know. But obviously, he's in a little bit of trouble. Look, he didn't do anything, OK? I'm sorry if I said he did. I was out of it. I swear. Look, we probably need to get you new counsel. Why? Joe Moran is a firm client, and we can't represent both of you. Joe and I are together. Yeah, well, you signed a statement saying that he was the shooter, and even if you I'll take it back. Miss Frutt, you people were there last night. You saw what happened to me. Which could make us witnesses in any civil claim. No lawyer who comes in now is going to believe me. I got a record. A cop is dead. My friend is charged. You saw what went down, or at least you heard. You know we didn't do this. Doesn't change the fact that it's a conflict. I'm sure they could find a lawyer that they trust. Do yeah, we have Bobby like five McDonald's. or six? Do we have okay, like five then. or six really good lawyers that we used to know? This is my favorite kind of meeting, the one where I and only I talk. Your job here, Mr. Moran, is to listen closely. Pretend as if the rest of your life might turn on what I say. You already know your job, counsel. A police officer is dead. Somebody must, of course, go to prison. At the moment, it appears as if that person will be you. If, however, you are to sign a statement saying Mr. Beck is the shooter, if you agree to provide testimony against Mr. Beck, of course truthful, 
then we would give you use in transactional immunity. Your counsel can explain that. In layman's terms, you go free. Anything short of a statement and testimony, we prosecute you for murder. Wow, they're playing them both against each other. I'm gonna give you some time to discuss this with Mr. Berluti. I mean, it's diabolical. It's their play. There will be an arraignment at one o'clock. It'll either be Mr. Beck's or yours. I guess like the, there's part of this where like, they're trying to cover their ass on the shooting, I right? I should have right? seen it. But you'd think they'd be what, what the at least vaguely on? interested in the truth of who actually shot their friend. There's a crash course in criminal procedure. If they coerce a confession from Beck, they can't use it against him. It's unconstitutional. <laughs> so what they were doing in the room with their torture was forcing him to give a statement against you, <clears throat> which they can use against you. Now they come back to you with his statement as leverage to get you to make a statement against Beck, which they can legally use against Beck. They're doing an end run around the Constitution. Is this legal? Legal? No. Torture's against the law. But is Beck's statement admissible against you? Yes. Would your statement be admissible against Beck? Probably yes. Look, I'm gonna go discuss this with my partners. We'll formulate a plan of attack. I'll be back in an hour. Make the deal. Oh, shit. I'm sorry. If they guarantee that I go free, I'll give them whatever they want. First of all, that isn't necessary. They got no real case against you. They have enough to arraign me in two hours, I, and possibly enough to put me on trial. I mean, that, that alone screws and me. And second, I can't commit fraud. You didn't see Beck shoot anybody. You're his alibi that he didn't shoot the guy. I was mistaken. Now that I think back, he did kill that cop. Joe, you can't do this. Come on. I've done prison. I can't go back. I can't. Beck is the guy they're really after. They're just using you. We don't know that for sure. Even if that's true, they're still going to try to get me on, on conspiracy or something else. Listen. No, no, I can't risk it. They're offering me a chance to go free here. I'm sorry. Tom Beck is your My, friend who tried I, I, to flip me because he was moment. tortured. For God's sake, Joe, this don't is an important do this. moment in our friendship. So, uh, <clears throat> if the cops were torturing me, would you flip and uh, throw me to prison to, to get off? Well, you know, I know you asked that flippantly as a joke, but I'm, I'm actually doing it. <clears throat> <laughs> no, the, the look on your face, I'm like, Oh no, I did. I definitely don't want a serious answer because I know you'd turn my shit in. No, man, let me give you a serious answer because it's All sad. Right. Here's this. <laughs> I like. I really. I, my. I like to think, if I knew that neither of us shot that guy and we just were a wrong place, wrong time, I'd like to think like, well, I don't have to. We don't have to take any. Like, I know that they're bluffing, and we didn't do anything wrong, and the truth will set you free. What's so sad now is that. Just kind of with, not just what we've seen on this show, but like what we've seen in the world over the past years of our lives. 
and like all the freaking crime documentaries I watch is that freaking man, if they want to get you, they're probably going to get you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but if I knew we didn't shoot that cop, I don't think I would flip. I think I would well, pull through, especially I, if we had good lawyer like this. That's true. I mean, if I had Eugene, I'd you know do anything. But I but I think you're you're right about the the context that it, it, we should. We're watching this in 2022, right? Where we're dealing with a lot of context with police shootings and you know the George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and 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 that sort of an issue. And so that weighs heavily on this story. Although they obviously worked worked hard to try to make it not about that by yeah. having it be a white suspect uh, and a and a black victim of a cop. However, um, that still weighs heavily when looking on it today. But if you're back in 2004, you're thinking about the post 9/11 uh, renditioning and torture that we were doing right, left, and center. Um, of all sorts of terror suspects. So torture in 2004 was also a very big deal and the ridiculously unfair way we were treating suspects then, some of which are still in Guantanamo, which we still haven't closed. Anyway, (coughs) it is interesting to see how prescient this was 20 years ago and then again now in a slightly different context. All right, I'm going to... But thanks for not giving me up. I'm going to mute my microphone and pee. Cough your brains out? And pee, and pee this out. What do I have to bank on, huh? A fair trial or, or, or justice? I got a glimpse of justice in that hospital room. Five lawyers, you guys couldn't do anything. I, I don't want to hurt Todd, but I got to save myself. Make the deal. I won't. I'm telling you as my attorney. Then I'm withdrawing as your attorney. I will not commit fraud, especially to help convict an innocent man. Yeah, Jimmy. I'm done here. Jimmy. I expect our privileged conversations to stay privileged. guy turns out to be much more legally savvy than we thought. Wait just a second. They take a statement that they get as a result of torture, use it to get another statement that they then use against the guy who was tortured? How is that not poisonous fruits? Because it isn't. No court has said so. And Moran? He's already hired a new attorney. They're supposedly cutting a deal as we speak. Sometimes the only legitimate thing to do is fight fire with fire. Meaning? Well, I have several professional lady friends. I say we catch this guy Walsh on camera in the act of getting fellatio, blackmail him into dropping the charges. Trust me, it works. I've settled at least three cases this way. They've got him. There's Alan we know and love. Mr. Beck was arrested in the hospital and was in fact released to police by hospital officials. He'll be arraigned shortly at Suffolk Superior Court. Well, gee, that's good to know. I guess I better get down there. Hold on. I'm representing Beck. Yeah, I I feel like 
yeah, Alan would have a much better way to blackmail somebody than that. Mrs. White. <coughs> That's more of like a uh, Saul Goodman sort of a move. The district attorney. We've actually met before. Yes. This is Femi Emiola. Please accept my sincere condolences. Your husband was an exceptional man, an outstanding police officer. Why was he killed? Nobody is telling me what happened. We don't exactly know why yet. Look, we've got the guy. We're about to arraign him. But you don't need to be here for this. Go be with your family. Let me take care of things on this end. I want to see him. I want to see the face of the man who killed him. I really don't recommend that today. Because it's not him. Look, he's not getting out. There'll be plenty of time later at his trial. Let me handle things. Okay. <laughs> Case number seven two three three four. Commonwealth versus Todd Beck. Charge of murder in the first degree. Eugene Young for the defendant, Your right, Honor. Stop it Brave right there. Reading, file a stop motion right to dismiss That's... the charges. So I have a Honor, mystery. Given... Okay. All right. So we never <clears throat> see the, the bailiff there. Back it up one more time. I have a, I have a suspicion on who that is. And just Trump listen to that. Todd Beck. Charge of murder in the first degree. Eugene Young for the defendant, Your Honor. Wave reading, file a... We, we never see the bailiff. I think it's an uncredited cameo. It sounds like, uh, what's her name? Uh, Sedaris. It does sound like Amy Sedaris. <clears throat> I thought it sounded like Holly Hunter. Oh, it sounds like her too. It's uncredited on IMDb. It's uncredited on, on IMDb. There's no trivia that says it, but I swear that's Holly Hunter. Okay, you listen for Sedaris. I'll listen for Holly Hunter this time. Number 72334, Commonwealth versus Todd Beck, charge of murder in the first degree. Eugene Young for the defendant, Your Honor, waive mm, reading, file a motion totally to dismiss the charges. Sedaris. And we ask, Your Honor, given the illegal and outrageous conduct too. of the police and the attorney, we ask that this motion be heard now. Now? Isn't that jumping the gun slightly? There is no gun, Your Honor. There is no case. These and charges are being fabricated. They were done so by means... Did we fabricate the death of Officer Peter White? Did we... There is no witness. There is no evidence. There is no trace metal or powder residue to indicate that my client ever fired or even touched a gun. We have a signed statement. Which is the product of torture, the product of... Whoa, 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 whoa. Mr. Young, you seem a little on the apt side here. Why is everybody Southern? <laughs> Todd Beck was shot by the police. He was then put in a room, denied counsel, denied medical treatment, while police officers stuck a flashlight and other foreign objects into the wound. They did so for three hours, 
until they coerced him into giving a statement against Joe Moran. They then used the statement to leverage Mr. Moran against Todd Beck. Mr. Moran was, in fact, arrested for this murder at 3 o'clock this morning. And represented by you, by the way. Not anymore. We now represent Mr. Beck. There's a conflict of interest. Which pales in the face of torture. All right. Mr. Walsh, did you coerce a statement from Mr. Beck? I wasn't in the room, Your Honor, when the statement was given. You heard the screaming. He'd been shot. Mr. Walsh, if you get cute with me, you will not like my finding. But I will like introducing this what judge. What Guys, if you're a fan of uh, characters played by Michael O'Neill, you've just found a new one. But you also might know him from Jack Ryan, Scandal, Rectify, Bates Motel, and The West Wing. Good actor. That's it. That's all I got. Let's assume it happened exactly as Mr. Young says. So what? If the police coerced a statement from Mr. Beck, it's not being used here. We're relying on Mr. Moran's statement. Which you only got by threatening him with prosecution. Which we do all the time. Forsaking criminal charges is a negotiating tactic used by every law enforcement agency in the country. Not every agency commits acts of torture, Mr. Walsh. I don't know for a fact that torture was committed, Your Honor. But once again, any statements obtained through that kind of coercion, we would never seek to introduce. But they are using it. They used a coerced statement to ultimately get evidence against my client. That's poisonous fruit. According to who? There's no case law supporting that. What evidence does the Commonwealth have against the defendant? The surviving police officer will testify about being shot at. She'll testify that she saw Mr. Beck flee the scene. He ran from the police. Mr. Moran will testify that his friend was the shooter. Call me crazy, but that's a case. Mr. Moran's statement is a lie. That's for a jury to decide, not you. Your Honor? I love Eugene's I realize we live in different times. The Supreme Court has eroded the exclusionary rule. We have laws called the Patriot Act. We detain suspects for months, even years, without even giving them a hearing. We declare persons of interest. You're getting off track. I'm on the track! Fuck yeah. I'm on the track. With each passing day, we're becoming more and more a police state. We no longer hold dear civil rights. We no longer lay claim to expectations of privacy. In our new world, we even embrace this loss of freedom so long as it makes us feel safe. But when police officers commit acts of torture, there comes a point where we as lawyers, as judges, as guardians of democracy, but we have to say enough. They locked a wounded man in a room, you Your Honor, enough. I mean, Steve Harris, guys. Steve, Steve Harris, Harris. Put welcome your hands back together. to the practice. Alan Shore just like watching impressed. <clears throat> Interesting pan and scan here. The dolly work. It's been very aggressive in the direction with the camera angles and movement. 
The it fact feels that he even like a different episode. is a good sign. For him to consider kicking it at the arraignment stage, obviously their case looks weak. I still like my hooker idea. What a waste. Eleanor's of right. Even if we go to trial, all they have is Moran's statement, which we can easily attack. I still don't even know why they're bringing this case. And with such a rush. A cop is dead. Jimmy, there still needs to be evidence, for God's sakes. I mean, this just doesn't make sense. We're going to find out. <clears throat> the judge is back. So soon? All rise. You know what that means, Keith? Be seated. I have a 10-year-old son. Sometimes I help him with his homework, and with math, he's required to show the work. It's too bad we don't require the same of law enforcement. The police don't have to show their methodology, only the evidence that they actually introduce. And if anyone needs proof of the potential for abuse, we need only look at this case. Mr. Walsh, I'm disgusted. I wish that you had the guts to prosecute the officers involved here. Clearly, you don't, perhaps because of your own culpability. To think that my son might grow up in your legacy, it horrifies me. But Mr. Young, the evidence being introduced here against your client, however reprehensibly obtained, is technically admissible. Mr. Moran was not tortured. His statement, though made under the threat of criminal prosecution, was voluntary. It stands. Your motion for dismissal is denied. Trial date is set for June the 6th. The defendant is held without bail. We're adjourned. I mean, <coughs> to be expected from the storytelling point of view, but I... God, am I naive to think that this so blatantly couldn't be pulled off? But I think maybe I'm just being naive. Hopefully we get the case in another episode, right? Hard fought, Eugene. I thought you argued well. For the record, I consider your guy guilty. For the record, you tortured him. Look, Eugene, I don't know exactly what happened on the street the other night, and neither do you. And I do believe the court system is you kind of have to know exactly. Six months for a cop killer. We drop the murder charges. He pleads guilty to unlawful discharge of a firearm within city limits. I need a response now. My response is you'd never offer this if you really thought he was guilty. You can't find the gun. You have no evidence. You know you'll lose. If you want to run the risk of a trial, Eugene? Fine. 
Also, but I'd certainly get your client's input client. before exposing him to a life sentence with no client. parole. You got a bad shoot, and then you torture an innocent kid to cover your We maintain your the shoot was justified. I'm offering an out, Eugene. For who? Yeah. I've offered your client six months for a Class B misdemeanor. If you feel the need to reject that, then please do. But again, you might want to run it by the client. Come on, bud. Cat. Cold Street in Boston. Boston. Yeah. Eugene is in his office with his head in his hands. Come on, man. Mike apparently wants to watch Love Island UK, and this is who who's who's on my Hulu? That's <laughs> not me, man. <clears throat> who the hell's watching Love Island UK? It's just recommended. It's <clears throat> it's not me. Back People to love video. to practice also love Love Island. On my Hulu? He had to, Eugene. He couldn't risk a murder trial. And as weak as their case was, he had to. No argument. You okay? No. It sucks. Fine. Of everything that happened in the last 24 hours, the most frightening to me is the look of futility in your eyes. Eugene, people like you, they can't give up. Mm. Nobody. Most people can't don't want to live in a police state. Most people still believe that civil liberties and human rights are more important than just rounding up bad guys. And with the erosion of our basic human rights and everything else that is going on in this country, what most people need right now, desperately need, is for men like you not to give up. Nice pep talk, Eleanor, but... Yeah. <coughs> okay, right. well, there it is. The Practice, Season 8, Episode 11, Police State. Now, it is time uh, for our fun after show show... <clears throat> beginning with the practice Mad Libs from the head of Mike Indeglio. Here it is. <clears throat> this is the recap of this episode. After a microphone is coughed to death, 
Jamie and Tara <laughs> arrive at the hockey rink where the suspect is being escaped and are shocked to find the police hydrating him for information. But the real shock is they discover no one seems to have the authority or willingness to put a stop to it. <coughs> Sounds about right. Yeah, there's there's truth there's truthful elements to that, Keith. Yeah. <coughs> oh my God, we are. Our microphones are literally being coughed to death it's as true. we speak. I apologize so Let's much. Let's do this. For, yeah. A cop has been shot. The thin blue line must hold strong. Ooh. Six months ain't that bad. Wow. Okay. COVID Mike with the high coopsie right off the top of his head. Well played. Well played. All right. Well, uh. Why do you say we hand out some fake awards, Mike? Mm, let's do it. Ladies and gentlemen, the Out of Practice Podcast, in unofficial, unsolicited, unfactual association with David E. Kelly Productions, proudly present... Oopsie! Oopsies! Oopsies! Celebrating excellence in acting good, lawyering good, guesting good, and being Tom Brady. Not to mention... This is where we rate the episode and stuff. Now, here are your hosts, Keith and Mike. What the hell are the oopsies? Well, Jackie, let me tell you. Let me just tell you. It's a fake award show that begins every week with... Yes, in... Indeed. Mike, who's your MVL this week? Well, you know, I think Eugene worked in tandem with Jimmy to, to say what needed to be said and got to deliver the thesis statement. <clears throat> and ultimately, though it sucks, uh, brokered a pretty good deal because, like they said, Six months is still better than a trial because that trial, 50-50 odds at best. Even though there's no murder weapon, blah, 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 but they have a dead cop, they have a statement by a cop, and they have his friend ratting him out. So as much as it sucks, I think Eugene earns uh, the best possible outcome here. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, it's a it's hard to unpack this whole this whole case because there's, there's so much going on, and... You know, I, I have some I have some thoughts about like the credibility of all of it. Um but considering you had an entire police force willing to break the law right and left to get this guy, he was able to publicly invalidate their case to the point where they had to punt. You know, so they they were so they're so hot to get this guy, they tortured him openly. And like basically just like yeah we're doing it what are you gonna do about it well eugene like scared them eugene's eugene's clothes or, or argument there scared them enough to punt on this case so uh yeah steve Harris, <clears throat> sorry eugene gets the m b l 
Now it's time for... Already famous because you've been on TV. Get Coughing your brains out. Entry on your IMDb. Way to go. But you're the best guest actor. You are the best guest actor. You are the best guest actor on the episode. I'm torn, Keith. I'm torn. Maybe it's a splitty. Yeah. I'm torn okay. between two. I thought that the... Well, I thought both of the... At one point, accused uh, young actors were very did very fine work. Uh-huh. The one kid being really like adamantly supportive of his friend, and then flipping on him <clears throat> on a hot dime, and then the yeah. guy who ultimately ended up charged with the murder and the torture. That's uh, Blake Heron and Marshall Allman. I thought they were both great, but I really enjoyed the work by the the judge in this case, Michael uh, O'Neill. Of course, yes. I just I just thought. Almost as good as Steve Harris, he was able to capture both the outrage and inevitability of the quagmire we're in when it comes to this type of thing. And uh, so I think I'm going to lean in that direction. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you, actually. I I think Michael O'Neill, he's one of those actors who's who's always a little bit understated, never really takes the lead on stuff, and yet... I find him compelling enough, but I'd watch him read the phone book. There's something right, about totally. him that just has uh, this credibility to him. He was so good on the West Wing as the, the head of the Secret Service, right? Mm-hmm. And you just, like, when he was there, you, you just believe that he could take care of shit, right? He has that sort of, that credibility swagger to him as an actor, and... Uh, it's just good, even though I think he the, the the actual ruling and what he actually decides feels less credible than the actor giving the giving the the monologue. But I think he did a really good job. So uh, I agree with you. Our winner is Michael O'Neill. Congratulations! Coming up next, you killed your podiatrist. But you've let a single tear run down your face You're the best actor on the show Uh, I almost feel like they gave Steve Harris this script months ago And we're like, listen, you're going to have to suffer through about six episodes, <clears throat> but we're gonna get here's there. why. Here's why you couldn't, you shouldn't quit the show with the rest of the cast. Because he he gets to be the old Eugene here, and he gets to fight the right fight, and he gets to like p- pull the troops in in order, and he gets to tell people what to do, and he gets to give great clothes, and in an episode that didn't need any Alan Shore whatsoever, uh, they they still gave us a sousson of Alan, but uh, Steve was just so great, and I hope. This was sort of like a wake-up call. You know, it's interesting that they were like, you know, clearly they wanted to bite off a hot-button issue, and they were like, we have to put it in the hands of Steve Harris. They didn't, but they could have gone down the Alan Shore route, but they didn't. Uh, And it was great to see Cameron get some great work. It was, uh, but uh, let's let's just call it, let's get there. It's Steve Harris. Yeah, no, it's it's Steve's episode for sure. And I think in terms of... If you're going to do an issue episode, which you know is my favorite type of episode, right? And you need somebody to speak for the writers, to speak for justice. You want um, somebody with the most grounding credibility. And Steve Harris has always 
Eugene has always had that credibility, his feet planted in that, in that world. And, uh, he's the guy you give that to. And, uh, I'm, I was psyched to see him get a chance to do it. Um, you know, and I'd be curious, you know, what this will lead to for the character. Um, but then again, uh, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. So, uh, there we are. Congratulations, Steve Harris, on your best actor. You know, and looking at the looking at the in, the, the the stuff here, we're gonna have quite the battle between Steve Harris and Spader for the season uh, season oopsies. It's going to be very interesting. Uh, well, that that cue really goes on for a long time. It sure does. It sure you does. want to know what else goes on for a long time? <laughs> the Tom Brady Award for being Tom Brady. Ain't that the truth. But yeah. it does give him the opportunity to say the following words on the internet. Tom Brady yeah. being tortured by the police. <laughs> being tortured by the police and or Eli Manning. Okay. Uh, great. All right. So I'm very curious to uh to hear what you have to say in ladies and gentlemen it's time to announce how many spare tires this episode gets you know maybe i set my expectations a little too high because you know people actually wrote in and was like this is a great episode an episode like none other in fact was one of the words used <clears throat> and i thought it was a great episode and i love a i love an issue episode as you mentioned and this one you know, with the long view of history and what we've seen uh, at that time as well as since, you recognize that it is still very uh, topical. But here, are my, let me start with my problems with it. Okay. Like you said, if the, the, the cynicism of this season thus far has really has kind of set it up as though the only time we get the result we kind of look for is when we do it the underhanded way you know when we kind yeah. of <clears throat> run an end around or a con or whatnot and get get what's right quote unquote that way and here was an opportunity yeah. you know look it doesn't have to be that because we quote unquote win this case or we get the judge to see our way that we would set some precedent that would fix the the the, the blue wall issue um, because here we had some blatant violations of First Amendment rights, uh, the torture rights. Uh, I mean, blatant. They, and the fact that they wouldn't let them in, they wouldn't let them access to counsel. No, I mean, the, it's, there's any number of constitutional violations. The cops there. wouldn't let them in. I mean, yeah, they went so heavy-handed with that stuff. And look, we've seen Keith that that shit happens, and then cops get acquitted, and then like, so yeah. I'm not naive to that, like you said, maybe, or maybe I am naive to that, but. It just seemed like this was an opportunity, and what, one of the things I loved about the West Wing, as you as you kind of uh, alluded to it earlier, is that often that show took an opportunity to show us the how it could be, how it should be, mm -hmm. and I think often, and, and it's a different show, obviously, but often I think Kelly leaves on the table opportunities to do that to use the platform to show us how it could be, how it should be, and rather goes with the sort of stark how it is to kind of put it in people's faces, which is can be appreciated. Um, and look, this is the, that's what they chose here, and it, and it works. 
and it's effective. But I don't know. My instinct is that it feels, as you mentioned, a little incredulous. They don't have a gun. They don't have any case. Schmitzvich basically admits it at the end. And so we're just kind of left with this kind of shitty taste in our mouth <clears throat> because that's how David E. Kelly feels, and that's fine, and I get it. But I think it suffers because it could have had... And I think they try to like erase that a little bit with Eleanor's thing at the end. But I think we could have given Eugene a win here. I don't know. I, I'm still processing, but that's how I feel. It feels a little bit like we had that judge had every had every reason to 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 dismiss it. Uh, I don't know. What do you th uh, help me out here? <clears throat> yeah. No. I I think I I have similar misgivings. Um. It's a it's a it's a very good episode. Yeah, right. I think and so. it's 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 very strong, especially for this season. I was really excited to see the topic, who we chose to feature. Uh, I I I love an issue episode. I love pointing out injustice. So like, there's there's so many elements here to really really like. Uh, I like the the sort of tonal shift a little bit. I don't know if I the split screen was a bit much, but I I liked that it felt like a an important episode it had the trappings of like this one's important right from the direction of it from the camera angles from this all of that i'd love that it was a single case right i love that there was no extraneous nonsense like this is what this is about let's go let's do this so there's a lot here to really like about this episode and i see why people are passionate about it it just <sighs> I, w I was thinking that re-watching it was going to fill in some of the holes for me, and it kind of didn't. And it feels like, like every element of this feels like almost. It almost got there. It almost made the point that it wanted to make. It, we almost got the, the stirring speech, and we almost got the amazing performance, and we almost got the... I I I think I I felt like the show was trying to make me feel a lot, and I felt some of it, and it was trying to like you know be 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 feel this feel this feel this, and I'm like eh, you're not quite there yet. So I I think that the um trying to force this into 44 minutes meant that they had to sort of make the cops move kind of mustache twirly kind of kind of over the top and um i i, th I think what david david e. kelly's like the turnaround like we're gonna torture the other guy to get the thing to screw the other guy to screw the guy back like the double triple quadruple cross sort of a deal i thought that was interesting that that wasn't a a turn that i'd seen before but it also it felt undercooked because you're trying to, you're you're trying to like land this triple axle right from the standpoint of the cops and the prosecution and you haven't even investigated what happened yet right this is all within <clears throat> minutes of this of this happening all right so if you're going to make it about like we need to justify this shooting we're going to do anything we can to justify the shooting okay that's a great story that's interesting or we're gonna find out who did this because my friend died, right? Mm -hmm. So we're gonna we're we're gonna do whatever it takes to find out who did it. 
okay, that's a great story too. But it's kind of both at the same time, and so therefore it's kind of neither. Um, so I, I didn't quite understand what the motivations were for the the, the, the motivations for this egregious uh, compromise of the Constitution, and they knew that they they were screwing their own case. Like it it was just muddy. It was a little muddy to me why they were doing this so outrageously, so overhandedly. Either one of those reasons by themselves, I would buy. I'd get it. But in this case, it was just kind of like, ah, I see the point you're trying to make. I agree with you. I just feel like you needed to like do another pass at the logic. Yeah, I mean, like, cause let's 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 drill into that a little further. <clears throat> Okay, because as we as we mentioned earlier while we were watching, it's a little out of character for everything we've learned about the Ray Abrizzo character, from yes. the Mike character. Yes, they they could have easily undone that by just look. You could you could have the same episode, but guess what? Have maybe the guy did shoot the cop, right? It's still as interesting. There's still as much intrigue. It still has all the. It's still all the infringements on his rights. But maybe the cops right. are quote-unquote justified because the guy did shoot him so now it even adds that extra layer of like no you know what that's that that's another really good point uh about the muddiness we right right, because i talked about the muddiness of the motivations of the cops but in this case is this a case about an innocent person going to jail or is this a case about infringements of rights Right, it, that's muddy too. So we, it, it's just like you have too many pieces you're trying to fit into 44 minutes, and it it just gets muddy. I think for me, one of the one of the the highlights of the episode, you know, that we haven't touched much on, is actually where we see where it puts Jimmy in his overall arc, <clears throat> and we see a new Jimmy saying, you know. I won't be a part. I won't perpetrate this fraud. <laughs> you know, to the client, he's like, "I'm not going to be a part of it." Right. That you want to rat your friend out. I, I really like where it landed on Jimmy. The, the Alan Shore thing. They stuck him in for a couple one-liners. Whatever, that's fine. I'd almost rather that than like the pervy stuff we see sometimes. <clears throat> um, yeah. So I feel the same way. Muddy is a great way to to put it. I I like the direction that we're going. Like, let me have more stuff like this. This is the stuff we like. Yeah. Um. Ultimately, I think it's one of the better episodes. I think we got to go high eights, eight point six two spare tires. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I think so too. I, I think that it's, it's. I guess I said it before. Like this episode has all of the trappings that I want. It's just not cooked that well. I don't think right? it stuck the landing. Yeah, it's, it's like it's, it's a meal. It has every single element for my favorite meal. It's just not very well cooked. And like it's like it's like I got to it's you know what it is? This is the 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 diner lobster of an episode. Lobster, best food in the world. I could eat it all day. I, I don't know why I ordered it at a diner. Okay. And and I think that that's that's sort of where it is. So I think uh, like this episode Keith, that analogy is worse than it thinks it is. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Well, so, yeah, I'm going to give it a, uh, I think it's the best of the season, but not by much. I'm going to give it an 
8.51. So it's good. I I, I think I think I also was set up a little bit to think that it was going to be better than it ended up being based on everyone else's feelings about it. And and certainly like as a return to form for the practice. Like this actually felt like an episode of the practice for yes, the first I'd time agree. in a while. Um but uh especially in the context of the season it it rises above. But uh before we uh we wrap up, we have uh one more thing to do. Sadly, uh folks, this is a wrap on Ray Abruzzo, our uh, our good friend and frequent uh, there's the music and frequent guest star on the show uh I wish you'd gotten a better send-off because this the character sort of comes off as a bit of an asshole in this, and uh, thus far he's been a friend yeah, for all these weird. seasons. But uh, anyway, thank you, uh, Ray. Wish you would come back, but uh, you're not going to. So uh, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, at some point <coughs> we're going to wrap on everybody pretty darn soon. Uh, all right, folks. Thank you again for watching and listening to the Out of Practice Podcast. If you would like to reach us, you can find us at Out of Practice Podcast at gmail.com and on social media at Out of Practice Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. We would also like to thank our founding sponsors slash patrons now, including CloudLover69, CloudLover69 again, Jorge Navoa, Alan Zimmerman, and Brian Kaufman. If you would like to join them, you can do so by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash A and M. Spell out the A and D. You can also help us out by going on to the YouTube and finding K and M Entertainment and liking and subscribing and following our other shows. We have a Deep Space Nine episode by episode review, as well as a look at my Star Trek toys uh, show where we, you know, look at toys. Star Trek toys. Stuff like that. Um,. You can also tell a friend, a Trekkie, a non-Trekkie, to uh, check our stuff out. We're going to have lots of stuff on the Patreon. Maybe uh, check out of that new Star Trek show for you soon. Keith, got to talk about that. Yes, we do. What's it called? It's called Strange New Worlds. But until then, do us a favor. Lock yourself in a hospital room with a flashlight, a laser gun, and torture the hell out of somebody with laser guns. <laughs> Torture the hell out of them until their eyes glaze over like COVID Mike's eyes. (laughs) We'll see you next week.